Welcome to the PG Daily. This season is dedicated to financially empowering the residents of Prince George's County. Join our host, Heath Carlock, as he sits down with several financial experts to discuss ways for you to find money, make money, and better understand money. Get ready to be empowered. Today's guest is Jordan Colbert. So one of the uh, tags of this particular uh, podcast uh, is get them to say something that, that defines their purpose. What's your grit? Um, when you, obviously, with the purpose of the Financial Empowerment Center, mm-hmm. you know we're talking financial resilience is one of those mechanisms. People get knocked down. People make mistakes in the past. What can they do to get themselves back on their feet to redeem themselves? And so there's this this personality that's associated with outcomes financially. Mm -hmm. There's personality associated with outcomes occupationally. Mm -hmm. So what keeps you up at night about this work? And what's your purpose that defines your grind? That's a good question. So what keeps me up at night about the project that I'm working on? Um, Of course, the $363 million that we could possibly gain for Prince George's County. Um, But I see the wealth and the development and growth of this county. And there have been so many different changes within the past 10 years that I would love to see it blossom even more. I think uh, Prince George's County is a beautiful jurisdiction with beautiful people. And I believe that a lot of the issues that I may even complain about as an average citizen can be... um, executed with the proper funding um 10 years from now you know i hope to have my own family and i would want i don't want there to be overcrowding i want my children to go to public schools i'm a proud graduate of dc public school system um and i believe in it and i believe that if i we have the federal funding that my children will benefit from it and more people to come so the potential that this county has or this nation has is really what keeps me going um, because I see it and how wonderful it has grown since then. And I think we can do a lot better with those resources. So one of the ways in which we grow, I'm reading a book by Vaclav Schmil that Bill Gates is a proponent of called mm-hmm. Growth, okay. um, is through leaders that we are under and exposed to. Uh, and when you mentioned Chairwoman Elizabeth Hewlett, what have you seen in her that you've said, ah, now there's somebody that has a quality that that I admire or want to imbue or want to practice. Yeah. Uh, can you talk a little bit about that? She's very gracious, very gracious, very poised, um, very determined. And she's a people person. And I think that that is something that's consistent in Prince George's County from a lot of our elected officials or appointed officials. Um, and she has uh, determination to make sure that the entire county is counted. Everywhere she goes, every planning board hearing she goes to, every broadcast she goes to every meeting she talks about the census she yells it to the top of the roof i mean she has the logo in the background if you ever been to any of her recent hearings for the planning board she promotes the census on a consistent basis as well as some other um programs that she's a part of and she just is a non-stop go-getter but i think she's just very gracious very um personable and i think that's something that i really admire about working with her and she's determined to make sure this county gets what they need in terms of their resources. Now, the listeners, you can't see that Jordan is 
wearing a button that promotes the census as well. So maybe the leadership she's responded to is impacting her. Um, (laughs) So we're grateful for that. Uh, Why should community members take the census seriously? Yes. So um, the census is important, safe, and easy. Those are just very, very clear-cut reasons why. And it's important because we talked about the financial component that is tied to it, Uh, WIC, SNAP, Head Start, um, grants and, and funding for our community. Um, important also because there's a redistricting component, right? The legislative uh, boundaries are redrawn every 10 years and also determines the number of uh, house seats you get in the U.S. House of Representatives. The less people you have in the population count, you, your those seats may change. You may lose seats. Uh, you're likely to gain seats if the population is much higher. So, um, the important part is just a, a bare factor financially, uh, legislatively, and in terms of representation. The other thing is that it's safe. Uh, there is a privacy component. The U.S. Census Bureau, who is a proud partner of the Prince George's County Complete Count Committee, they take a lifelong oath of confidentiality, five years imprisonment or $250,000 fine for disclosure of personal data. Um, that information should will not be disclosed. They have it for specifically for perp, um, for data and statistical purposes. I believe after six, 72 years, that is when that information can be available, especially to folks like us that want to know about our genealogy. So um, sometime, I guess, around the 1940s or 50s is when they'll release that information and you can apply for it. But it secures with the Bureau for X amount of years and won't be disclosed, only used for those data purposes. The other thing is that um, it's easy. So this year, for the first time, it's going to be online or by phone, available online or by phone. We've been doing the paper form for so many years that now we have some new options. You can still do it by, by paper form. Some households will receive paper forms, but likely everyone's going to get an invitation to respond, every household, um, and they're going to be asked to either go online or by phone to complete it. After the third notice, because the Census Bureau is going to send you a couple of notices reminding you, and you will receive a paper form and questionnaire. So they're making it really easy for us to complete it. So starting March 12th is when the form will go live online, um, and then sometime at the end of July is when they'll wrap up their project. So in between that time, they're making it very convenient for us to complete the form. So I would say for those listeners, those are the three reasons why you should participate. Why should a business owner be promoting this? Why should they engage? Why should they espouse the census? If you're a business owner, you would think that um, I'm just another citizen who's taking this. Uh, But what would a uh, how can business owners act more wisely into thinking about the census. Oh, yeah. So it's interesting you ask that because we just did a business coffee yesterday morning um, in Riverdale, Maryland, where we did it at the Xfinity Comcast store, and Comcast was a proud supporter of that. Um, and I did a pitch to the business community, right? And the reason why it's important to the business community is because the data that is pulled from the U.S. Census Bureau in terms of when they do their surveys can help businesses identify uh, the different type of laborers they want for their employee. 
Um, they can get statistics on education and skills, but they can also identify which location they want to set up a new entrepreneurship there. So if they have one business in one area, I want to go to Prince George's County, what does the, the data or the makeup look like for my consumers in this area? They will use that data that the Census Bureau produces to figure out where they want to put their new grocery store or their new uh, shopping development. Additionally, uh, data from the census can also help businesses in terms of um, grant money that they may be available through programs and federal funding. I mean, the list goes on and on, but for the most part, they also capture data about how well different minorities are doing in businesses. So there are some data out there that shows that how do we know women are zooming in the business industry in terms of entrepreneurship and their business owners? The census data allows us to see how well women are doing in terms of their business growth and other minority groups and firms. So they have a host of information to allow us to grow and to learn from. But most importantly, from my standpoint, working in the community, is that they are trusted voices too. They touch the consumer every single day. And if you have a good uh, relationship with your grocery store, your salon, your barbershop, you're going to trust that if they have some information in their window or they're sharing it through a newsletter, that they are trusted voices. I mean, your commercial um, business is not going to just send random emails about things that they don't back and support. So coming from you and your complete count committee and your legislator, if you're hearing it at the church, you're hearing it in multiple different streams, then you know it must be important. So they are helping us meet the consumer where they're most comfortable is where they spend their dollars. And also, you know, I think it's just really important because most businesses have uh, the muscle to help us get the word out in terms of signage and different things that we might need and resources to reach our uh, residents. So you all use the local businesses like signage businesses as vendors? Yes. You pay them to make your materials and the producer this is made in, in other ways so um we've so you're asking me if we use any local vendors to help produce some of the signage and materials that we have so uh we do use a lot of our resources in-house the park and planning commission has a production team a very great production team that actually made these flyers that we have here um i help with the content and the messaging um but a lot of our poster boards come in-house. In terms of swag and materials, we do use uh, other vendors that through the um, the commission. But for the most part, a lot of our posters and things like that can be made in-house. So you have a job with the census, basically, um, effort in the county. Mm-hmm. But what about actual census jobs that are being offered through the U.S. Census Bureau? And what type of impact can that have? Because Workforce development, employment services are really important to financial well-being. Uh, so what can you tell us about this huge hiring pitch from the U.S. Census Bureau? Yeah, so I think the, uh, the, the Census Bureau is doing a great job at, um, in terms of communicating with us, the Complete Count Committee for Prince George's County, and letting us know that um, – they're doing well in terms of their hiring search. Additionally, we want to make sure that we have a diverse pool of applicants, um, those that are bilingual, 
you want to have someone at the door that um, can speak your language or look like you. So they're doing a really good job in terms of marketing and making sure that they have a diverse pool. Um, they are hiring. Um, they've been hiring for a while, I think since last year, the beginning of last year. And so when I came on board, I worked with them in terms of making sure that they had, you know, up-to-date rates and, and um, flyers. But they really have done a good job at partnering with some of our other businesses. So Employee Prince George's just had a, a job there a couple of months ago. The U.S. Census Bureau was there, and they were giving out information and literature, um, encouraging residents to complete their forms. So I think that with the hiring, the goal is to always make sure that we have a diverse pool, but that we, you know, employ our residents, those that are in need of jobs. They have flexible opportunities, some full-time and part-time, some canvassers and some supervisor positions. So um, in terms of getting the word out and making it accessible for residents, I think they're doing a good job. So let's play the positive okay. as we wind down. Um, so 100% of residents and non-residents are counted. Mm. Now what? What happens? What are the forecasts for maximum participation? In terms of money, in terms of outcomes for the county, yeah. in terms of what we'll be able to do, and when does that money come through? Maximum participation means that we did our job in terms of um, reaching different populations, right? Our immigrant and international population, um, our seniors, our homeless population. We did a good job at doing that. 100% um, participation means, you know, you might get that bigger, you might get that extra school, right? Your child, you send your child to school and there's overcrowding. Well, now that we know we have X amount of students in this area or kids in this area that we have to prepare for when they get ready to go to primary school, we're going to build another school or we're going to um, build another firehouse or we're going to add more, more jobs, more opportunity. So I think that 100% is going to be very fruitful for the economy, especially for Prince George's County, you might get some more developers <laughs> wanting to um, participate, but it leaves more of a positive feeling for families and their kids because they know that they have something to look forward over the next 10 years. So we're just going to chop it up now and okay. wind down. Okay. So you go into work on any given day and w what's like, what's your typical work day, work week? Um, is it a mountain and something you sort of just look at and go, I got to get to work bit by bit? Or is it like this is doable at the end of every day, every week? You, you realize that you can accomplish well, you pretty put much the, everything. In, in every job that I've been into, and I worked in Annapolis for a little while as, as chief of staff. So I was fully equipped before I came here in terms of how to balance, right? Some fires you're just not going to put out in one day. But I put out the big fires first, and then if I can get to it later, um, I kind of coast and, and get to the little fires later. So a typical day for me would be uh, it may start at 7 a.m. with a, a, a conference call or a briefing like the business coffee yesterday started at 7.30 and it may end with me making it home for dinner, right? <laughs> um, or it could mean I get a few moments to go grab a snack and then I go to a meeting at 6 p.m. until 9 p.m. Um, so it just varies from day to day. Um, and people always ask, well, now that the census is here, I know you're super busy. We were busy in July. Uh, I, I hit the ground running with my team. I worked with the Office of Community Relations and the Office of County Executive. They are strong partners with us in the Complete Count Committee. So we've been hitting the ground running since the summer and even before then, like I mentioned with the commission. What does creativity look like in your role? 
creativity? Um, standing in your truth, man, because I really feel like sometimes, and I mean, you have to compromise, right, with your team. You have to make sure that um, we have everybody has a collaborative piece in whatever uh, artwork you're working on. I say artwork just loosely, whatever project you're working on. But standing in your truth in terms of what you think the residents want or what the client wants, and it's really important to say, hey, if I was in their shoes because sometimes I can mirror myself and say I've, I've been in this population I know how it feels but then I can sympathize too and say you know I'm going to use my creative niche and I'm going to stand firm on this and say this is what they want and I'm going to take my my desires or whatever I need out so I think creativity is standing in your own and making sure that you build something that fits your audience so scale of one to ten um where is Prince George's County at amongst other counties? Ten being we're a lot better, one being we're the worst, um, five being we're doing about the same as other counties in the state of Maryland on this. We're at a hundred. We are. We are, <laughs> and I'm not just saying that that's because good. if you ask anybody else that's a partner in other jurisdictions, whether it's the <laughs> Census Bureau, the State Planning Department or other people in D.C., Virginia, Montgomery County. Prince George's County is leading the way. We have some of the strongest uh, team members. Uh, we work together. We have great marketing tools. Uh, we, we listen to our residents. If we need to change something or switch something up, we do it. And we're not afraid to stand out. So that's been echoed at every meeting we've gone to, that Prince George's County is doing a great job. So we are at 100 in <laughs> So I want to be real here at the end, obviously. Um, so I want to talk about a problem I had um, with how the information was presented. So I saw on one piece of material, it had the 18000 mm -hmm. What's the number officially? $18,250. I was going to say, yeah, that's about what I was, was going to say, two fifty five. dollars Yeah. Um, so $18,250. And... Knowing what you and I know about value being placed on people, mm. um, I felt like the framing of that was a little challenging mm -hmm. for me to communicate as somebody who wants to be on your, you know, wants to be on the side of the whole effort with the census. And so, um, how should we communicate that number? Because I, w I was almost apt to say, this is how much we're worth. Right. And I had to stop myself. And so I've censored myself mm. and I wanted to ask, like, how should we frame that? Yeah, I understand. And um, I really think when you talk about money and I'll just back up a little bit. And I'll ask you a question. When you talk about money in any sense, your participation is worth this amount per person. That data came from a study. Right. So each person is worth this amount of money in the state of Maryland over the course of 10 years, right? Um, so we echoed that with our materials to make sure that we reach people. Because as soon as you see money, you're like, and you see kids, a number one undercounted population, you're like, let me pay attention. Um, in terms of reframing it, making you say, okay, you're trying to say I'm worth money, uh, I can see your point in, in that, right? It might not echo with some people or they might feel some kind of way or ruffle some feathers. Um, I think that it it can be changed. I'm not sure if the messaging would be, you know, um, I don't know what that would be, to be honest with you. I think that it's open for discussion, but I think we just utilize what the stats were 
and then some things are just real, right? Like you're not we're not trying to put a price on you in terms of like you being property or anything like that. And I see that's where you're going. But when you think about it from a federally funded standpoint, if I go out and do this, this is how much I'm bringing back to my household or my community. So I think it's up for conversation. I'm really not sure what that pivot would be, but I see your point. Um, and I think I thought about that earlier on, but it was what was consistent with the stats and the messaging, and we wanted to make sure we didn't deter from what was fact. And the fact is that's how much you lose if you don't participate. So Well, and I know you were in Annapolis and everything, and I have a teaching background to some measure, and I know in schools we talk about price per pupil you know uh, we have these charts like 12,000 in this mm-hmm. county and 18,000 in this county mm-hmm. and you know so we do that liberally um, as a culture right. and so I, I like one thing you said earlier you said the participation mm-hmm. is valued at this mm-hmm. but I think it also is the experience of the participation right. has a has a value and that's fine to like frame it in that way that's that's uh more disarming and uh more partic- it puts the value on participation right and i think that's where ultimately obviously you're communicating that hey it's in the participation that we get this money and it's divvied up in a way that these programs that we're eligible for total this this type of amount for our region, mm-hmm. and this is how it's broken down. If we do a per person count right. based on the participation, right. uh, so, so it yeah. goes back around to your initial open through your breakthrough, right? When you talked about, you know, the importance of getting involved or trying to maybe center around getting to some of those numbers back, right? Your participation is valuable, um, and thus that's why you might not get another opportunity. So right on point. <laughs> yeah, because when people see that 18000 also another way that it was brought to my attention is that um, do we get 18000 this, like, by participating? <laughs> so how do you, and this is, the, this is it for the interview, but yeah. how do you say... A person who wants to say, okay, I see the 18,000 number. Does that mean I get this money in some way, shape, or form? Right. How does that look to the individual citizen Mm. um, or non-resident even who's living here who says, I see 18,000, now what? So I think it's in different different phases or different forms, right? Mm. So the first thing is to get your attention in marketing, right? Because you only get one shot when you get that ad that's going on a bus or a commercial, you're not going to get the, um, you know, the exemptions or the butts or the ands. You're just going to get my attention. So how am I going to get your attention? So you start with $18,250. The second step is once you find out, oh, I need to go to pgcensus2020.org or 2020census.gov, now I have a story to tell. And that's why I think this is a great conversational piece for um, not only just residents but volunteers because it talks about it right but then it says representation services community funding our future jobs important safe and easy accessible then you turn on the back and you talk about well how did we get here prince george's county council passed a resolution to create this complete count committee who's hard to count where are they hard to count when is this going to happen and then you open yourself up to say oh so i'm not going to get 
the money in my hand, but I'll see it in other ways. And this is what it's taken to get here. And these are the places, the neighbors I need to contact to make sure that we get that 18,000. So I think it's just in different phases. And there's always questions like when we do workshops, there's always like, oh, well, what if this and what if that and who's talking to this and who's talking to that? And education is powerful. So once you see that soundbite or hear that soundbite, it's our duty to figure out what the ands and buts and the commas are. So Awesome. Well, we want to thank you for coming on and having this wonderful in-depth discussion. Um, I, I know for myself that we'll be participating. I'm, I have a family of five, and um, I just know that in terms of seeing communities develop mm-hmm. and to be able to map out a county and where resources go and what fields get lawn mowed so that the ticks <laughs> don't happen. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's there's ramifications beyond the the 18,000 or the two, 363 million. It's the problems that are exacerbated that become larger health challenge, public health challenges that become larger infrastructural challenges. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. so it, it multiplies. It actually is greater than. And so how do we lessen that collateral? Mm -hmm. We lessen the collateral by being intentional on the front end, like you all are doing Mm -hmm. and by ramping up the partners, getting the participation from the, the, the figures that are real drivers in the community and hoping that these people are fellow citizens and hoping that the non-residents and those who don't speak the English language even mm-hmm. have a connection point. Yeah. Um, have a connection point. And you have given us a number of destinations for that, whether it's social media, schools, churches, workplaces, or the multiple platforms you spoke of. So we're really grateful and we look forward to Prince George's County delivering on its community impact potential by participating at 100% clip in the census. I appreciate you so much, Heath. Thank you so much for your time. It was fun. This podcast was recorded at Prince George's Community Radio, located on the campus of Prince George's Community College. The music for the podcast has been provided by David Smalls, and the PG Daily is executively produced by David Smalls. Join us next time for more financial empowerment.